And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That's Psalm 24.1. So what does that mean for you and me and for the Mother Earthers? Well, first, it means that the Mother Earthers are wackadoodles. Second, it means that God owns the earth and any, everyone else, myself included, you included, we all just rent. Third, it means that God can give the use of his earth to anyone he wants to. And fourth, it means that God gave the earth as a gift to mankind, but a temporary gift. Next, now, a little one on with your brother Dave. I spent a great deal of my time trying to please the Lord in thought and word and actions. But unfortunately, I spend more time than that trying to figure out how can I please the Lord? How do I make him happy? Even though I'm trying to be diligent in the word and diligent in prayer. The funny thing is, if I was just a Bible believer, I would know how to please the Lord. And it's not that hard. It's called pass the faith, please. And finally, we all understand and appreciate the wisdom of initial and continual repentance. But to what level do we process our actions towards repentance? There is a biblical ABCs to repentance. And if we remember our early school days, it's extremely important to learn our ABCs. Okay, from the beginning. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ, and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM, and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving, living, and prevailing. How do we know we're going to prevail? Because we're doing the show through a telephone. That's how. Politics, entertainment, and current events, personal revelations, spiritual observations, my life's insanities, and oive, so much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, there's only two ways to get a hold of us on this show, and that'll be this way for the rest of the week. The ways that you get in touch with us are you send an email to david at org. That's david at org. You can do that throughout the show. It comes to my $1.19 Chromebook, which right now is in front of me in my house, just to let you know. You can also text 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. When you text that, that comes to my phone, which is right in front of me, about yeah, about 16 inches away from my nose. That's 214-210-8483. You can do that for something that you want to share uh, uh, testimony. Got to be quick, obviously. You can do that for a praise report. Got to be quick, obviously. A question. Got to be quick, obviously. Or an opinion or anything like that. Or you can even answer Bible trivia. You might be saying, well, what kind of Bible trivia? Well, this kind. Who were the first 
apostles Jesus called to follow him? Who were the first apostles? Oh, who were the first apostles Jesus called to follow him? If you think you know the answer, you can send a text to 1421084838, or you can send an email, david at he must org, just to let you know. And just so you can know, uh, Joy Ann and Cordelia sent me an email while we're doing all this, so the email thing does work. Okay, it does work. Okay, just letting you know. All right, so we've got that covered. We got that covered. To give you a quick update on some of the things that are going on, uh, not. Uh, we're not doing our replay, uh, Chris, right now. We're not doing the play on the sound. I just wanted to let people know, on the website, there is a book. My second book is up there. If you have any interest in it, I promise you it'll be a blessing. If it's not, I will give you all your money back. There's just no questions, nothing to ask. Uh, I think some of the people have already read it and have enjoyed it. It's not overly theological, but the challenge is to help us all just grow closer to the Lord. The reason I bring it up is because I thought I put that up there last week on the website, and I didn't, so I've not really talked much about it. So it's there on the website on hemustincrease.org. Yeah, I forget too, you know. Oh, that's right, I do. All right, now I want to get into our text as I am looking out the window in our office uh, at uh, people uh, driving down the street. It's always fun. I want to go right into Matthew chapter 12, verse 12, something that's very, very important uh, that Jesus mentioned. He said, if how much more value is a man than a sheep. So it is lawful to do good on the Sabbath. Listen to this. Of how much more value is a man than a sheep? So there are people that are going around now and they're saying that mankind is a parasite on the earth. That man is an intruder that all the earth is just perfect the way it should be, and what needs to be exterminated, and I'm not kidding you, is mankind. So instead, they think of mankind as a parasite on the earth. I just want you to understand this fully. You are the reason that there is an earth. Let me just say that again so you cannot miss this. You are the reason that there is an earth. According to the word of God, the planet was gifted for humankind and all of its resources therein. It's a gift. God granted it to us. I know there's a couple groupers out there that are, you know, absolutely losing their mind. They just, you know, know mankind's evil. Everything about mankind is, is bad. Well, we're sinful. There's no question about that. But there's no question that earth was created as a gift from God to mankind. After he created the earth and after he made it livable, he then made man. And then what did he make after after he was done making Adam and Eve? Nothing, because everything prior was made for Adam and Eve. It was for them. Just by the nature of the structure of the chronology, it's right in there. It's kind of hard to miss. But some people think, well, no, we're the problem. It's like, no, we're the reason. Okay, and I've mentioned this before, and I don't want people to get offended at me because you know how I feel about dumb things like this. Jesus died for you and me and for every person. 
I understand that we all have uh, pets and we all have you know different elements in our life of animals and so on and so forth, and they're wonderful, fantastic gifts from God. But Jesus didn't die for a dog. He died for people. And you might not like that. Does that mean there won't be dogs in heaven? No. I saw the movie. No, I'm kidding. Okay, does it mean there won't be dogs in heaven? I don't know. I don't know how that's going to break down. But I know this for sure. Jesus died for people. And you are not a parasite on earth. You are not something that should be considered just a consumer of the earth. This earth was gifted to you by God on a temporary basis, knowing that there would be a new heavens and a new earth mentioned three different times in Scripture. Especially if you look at Revelation, especially if you look at Second Peter, and especially if you look at Isaiah. Knowing that the new heavens and the new earth will be our gift without us polluting it or sinning on it, which God considers the pollution as the sin. You just need to understand that when people try and make you feel bad because somebody cuts down a tree, they've lost their priority. That priority is God's ultimate creation is mankind, and he has gifted the earth to mankind. When mankind blew it, which we did in the garden, Jesus was there to help us, to redeem us. That's why Jesus came, to bring back that which was lost in the garden. But we have perverted quite a bit, and God's going to give us a fresh, brand new start, but only with people who want to go with him. Okay? So that's a big deal. And the reason I bring that up is because I can tell you right now something that I'm seeing in the, uh, uh, seeing in the, in the horizon, and that is mankind is going to be, uh, there's going to be an attempt to reduce mankind to be less valuable than animals, than minerals, than uh, other kinds of things like plants. Already in France, there's a whole group of people that represent flowers and plants to sue people who cut them down because they're experiencing pain as far as they're concerned. It's like it's so dumb. You're like, going, you can't, you can't, this isn't real, is it? I mean, is this real? It's like, yeah, it is real, and it's getting nuttier all the time. Fortunately for us, we are listening for this wonderful trumpet, and when the trumpet comes, and we just hope it comes soon, 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 we will be free from the madness that sin has brought on the planet. Just so you can be aware, wokeness, political correctness, Mother Earthers, all these kind of people, all of these are satanic philosophies meant to challenge the sovereignty of God. Never, ever ever forget that. All right, trivia, because I have to give trivia, and I see Chris is typing, so that means i got to give you trivia. Here's the bottom line. Uh, I know I just love talking about the earth being a present from God. Uh, here's the question. Who were the first apostles Jesus called to follow him? Peter and Andrew. Peter and Andrew were the first Ooh, interesting. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Can't stand the skill, can't stand the shame. What is the David Spoon Experience? When you are in the presence of the Lord and His 
presence is strengthening you. And we talked about that can happen through the Word of God, through prayer, and through fellowship. And then you go through some process where somebody sends you a text, or somebody sends you a letter, or somebody calls you, or somebody sends you an email, or somebody looks at you funny, or somebody kind of glances, or somebody says something about you, or you hear something about yourself, or you eat the wrong kind of tacos and you just feel bad and the joy is sucking away at the moment. Here is the answer while the devil is trying to take your joy away. Here is the key for the next 365 days for your life. When the devil takes the joy away by robbing you, you go back into the presence of God again. When the devil comes in and robs you and takes that joy, will you get up off your duff or your blessed assurance and you go into the presence of God again, be it prayer, be it Bible, be it fellowship, be it worship, be it whatever. I don't care. Get up and get back in the presence of God again. And when the devil comes around the second time and knocks on your door and you open it and he takes it from you again, then you get off your blessed assurance again and you get back into the presence of God again. And when he does it a third time, you do it again. And when he does it a fourth time, you do it again. Because the strength of the Lord is in the Lord, which is found in the presence of the Lord. And when he comes a robbing, you go to refill. When the tank is empty, put gas in it. When you're depleted, fill it up. And you think, well, I can't do that. Why not? You did it the first time. Yes, but that was special. Why? Because you tried. Try again. But you don't understand. No, I don't care. That's much, much more heartless to say that, huh? That's a good one. I don't care. It doesn't matter. I, don't, I care about the truth. I don't care about somebody's, well, my perception, well, good for you. God bless you. When you can figure out that you can argue with God, let me know how that goes. If you win that argument, you come back. You can take the throne. But you ain't going to win it. So when the enemy comes and he comes a-stealing, you do exactly what you need to do to take it back. If he steals from you, you take it right back. Why? Because you can. Because he's not empowered to keep it from you. He's empowered to take it momentarily. You're empowered to take it right back. Take it. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. That's KAAMAN 770, the Truth Station here in Texas. I know sometimes when I teach, especially on uh, Earth Firsters and people like that, people get kind of upset. It's like I have one really excellent word, uh, word answer that I really want people to understand when I'm teaching about that stuff. Tough. Because <laughs> the Word of God is the Word of God. We don't change it for anybody or to help anybody uh, so that they can feel justified. That's not how that's going to work. All right, here you go. Now, I got a couple of them, and I'm, I'm kind of wanting you guys to think it through, so I'm going to go a little easier on this next one. We're not going to make it a trick question, so I'm just going to tell you that right now. Where is Jesus' first public sermon according to the Gospel of Matthew? Where is Jesus' first 
public sermon or speeches, or first series of speeches, according to the Gospel of Matthew. If you think you know, you can call in, or I'm sorry, you can't call in, you can text in, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Or you can send an email, david at org. That's david at org. I do have what many will consider not that funny of a joke right here in my hands. <laughs> Do you like that? All right. So here's uh, <laughs> now for location. I'm, I'm giving the, the for that last trivia question. I want you to give me the answer according to Matthew. What? Where was that? What was that called? I gotta have to say that differently. Where was the first public sermon Jesus gave according to the Gospel of Matthew? Okay. All right. Keep it easy. First public sermon. That's what I'm looking for. His first big entree into the uh, public foray of discussion. All right, I'm going to give you three, count them, three different prayers from kids. Okay? So I'm going to have Chris Chris and the, and the little uh, I am, you can type in good, bad, or indifferent on what these are. Okay? All right, there we go. These are three prayers uh, for kids praying to God. Three little prayers from kids. Ready? Here we go. All right. Dear God, I bet it is very hard to love everyone in the world. There are only four people in our family, and I'm having a hard time loving all of them. Thank you, Nancy. (laughs) Okay. I like it. That's not a bad one. This one I really like. Just bear with it. Dear God, did you really mean do unto others as they do unto you? Because if you did, then I'm going to get my brother something good, Darla. <laughs> like she's going to get him back. You get that? Okay. So I'm going to blow that one a little bit. All right, fine. Uh, dear God, <laughs> this is great. From Joyce, dear God, thank you for my baby brother, but I prayed for a puppy. <laughs> Thanks for my baby brother. I paid for a I prayed for a puppy. That's too funny. I'm sorry, folks. You're just gonna have to deal with that. All right. Uh, let's see. We'll go into the next teaching. This teaching is so much fun because all of us love this. All of us need this. You know, I don't want you guys to get the wrong idea. I'm I'm not, I'm rarely, very rarely, am I trying to just. Uh, tell you guys, oh, this is what you should do and do it this way. I am with you in this whole process going, man, I'm trying to draw in closer. I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to obey. I'm trying to do the right things before the Lord. And sometimes I definitely do better than others. Uh, Fellowship really helps me. The Word of God really helps me. I mean, there's no question about that. Prayer time for me is just so important. It's just important to me personally. All these things are helpful. My desire is like your desire is. I want to draw in closer. I want to not let the world frustrate me. I want to not allow my circumstance to speak louder than my faith speaks. And that's the ticket right there. Hebrews eleven six. Now, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay, just stop right there. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Isn't it a part of your heart right now as a Bible-believing, born-again Christian to please the Lord? 
Isn't that in you right this second? Now, you know you're not doing everything perfect, but boy, what if I could tell you there's something you can do that would really please God that he thinks is fantastic? Well, there is. It's called faith. Faith pleases God. For all the stuff that we try to do, for all the attitudes that we try and muster up, for all of the self-imposed, self-righteous attitudes and actions we take, God looks out at humanity and he sees the people that have genuine faith first. If you want a couple examples of that that can prove that in Holy Writ, all you have to do is read the book of Genesis and look at Abraham, who had nothing special written about him in any capacity except God said, go here, do this. Abraham said, okay. God said, I'm going to bless you. Abraham said, Okay, I'm going to believe you, and that made Abraham the father of people who have faith in God. All you got to do is read Galatians and Romans, and you'll see how much of a connection there is, there is to us. We're actually Abraham's offspring, which is very fascinating by itself. But here's what I'm trying to say to you. All Abraham did was operate in, I choose to believe. He didn't do, just in case you're wondering, because I know some of you are probably wondering, do you know that, that Abraham never read his Bible? Because there wasn't a Bible. Abraham didn't have a Bible. There wasn't any Bible. There wasn't any law. The law didn't come till Exodus. What Abraham had was faith. People say, well, he had to have this, or he had to have this. No. He had faith, and God said, that faith makes you righteous in my eyes. That faith is the forerunner of the proclamation of what the gospel is. That having faith that Jesus died on that cross, he was buried, and three days later he rose again. And by acknowledging that, surrendering to that, and honoring that testimony, you exhibit faith, and that faith is what brings you to salvation, the gift that God is offering. Here's a gift, God says, but the only way you can put it in your hands is to put on mittens of faith. Otherwise, it'll drop right past you. And that's all the Lord wants, to please him. And the irony is we do so much that we think is going to make God please. I'll say this, I'll do this, I'll function this. And he's like going, just believe me. Just believe me and watch. There's that passage. Now faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. For the one who draws near to him, two things here. The one that draws near to him, oh, drawing close to God, must believe that he exists, okay, and that he rewards those who seek him. You can't just believe God exists. I hate to put this on you this way, but the devil believes God exists. Demons believe God exists. They have no doubt in that sense. But they cannot seek him, and you can. They cannot pursue him in relationship, and you can. 
and all he's asking you to do is to have faith, believe that he's there, and that as you pursue him, he will reward you when you're operating in that faith. Does that mean everybody's bank account will be big? No. No, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say, you know, uh, believe in God and he'll add three extra zeros to your account. It doesn't say that. But he will reward you if you seek him, not if you seek the economy, not if you seek to be impressive to a bunch of people, not if you seek a big ministry, not if you seek to be recognized and everybody blows their horn and says how great you are. If you seek him and have faith, he will reward you. So so let me get this straight. I'm scratching my head on a daily basis to make sure that what I do is pleasing to the Lord. And he's telling me in his word that in order to accomplish that, I need to operate in faith. So all I have to do is believe that he's there and gives a favorable response when I pursue him and use that faith. Then what is my problem? What is wrong with me? Why can't I just go, okay. I believe. I love it. I believe. I want to believe. I love to believe. I love to see faith manifest itself in the power and the answers from God. It's because we add on to so much the simple things of God, we make complex that which God has made simple. Oh, he's not simple, but to please him is simple. And what I want you to catch, and I'm sure I'm not doing it justice, don't worry about it, but just just so that you might be able to hear, what I want you to catch is how intense God just wants that simple faith to work. He just wants your faith in his direction. He wants your faith in him of who he is and what he'll do for you. Stop trying to think of this as, as a prosperity thing. This is a relationship orientation existence. Okay? All right. All right? Okay. All right. Of course. Now i got to do trivia. So Chris wrote, I'm typing, so it must be trivia soon. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny, Chris. <laughs> uh, according to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' first... Now, remember, according to the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus' first public servant ha- happened where? Where? I can talk. Just wait. It happened where? On the Mount. The Sermon on the Mount. Matthew chapter 5, when he does his first big public foray. It is also the number one speech in all of humanity. More people have heard and read that than any other thing. It's amazing. All right, folks, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Take a short break, then we'll come back. Don't go anywhere. Most of my life, it feels like I've been running. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. 
by giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. Okay, let's do a little bit of history, and then we've got our last teaching. Let's uh, set up history. Let's go, let's go. All right. Unlike most of the times, I'm going to do an honorable mention because there are a couple of days that are worthy of honorable mention. First and foremost, it is Trivia Day. I mean, come on. Trivia Day. That's what we do. It is also National Spaghetti Day. So I don't know how I feel about it. Yummy likes it big time. Huge. Were you about to say you don't know how you feel about well, spaghetti? Well, I don't know if it, it, it has its own day, but let me ask you. Do you like spaghetti like with stuff in it or just spaghetti by itself? Anything. Like you oh. can have stuff in it, stuff out. Wow. I, just, I will eat spaghetti with the sauce as long as there's sauce and no just So meat. you're a big spaghetti fan like I'm a pizza fan. Yes. Love carbs. <laughs> we're just gonna go out one day and just do pizza and spaghetti we gotta go to an all you can eat pizza and spaghetti thing can it be a national carbs day yes yes <laughs> we have to find one of those a woman all right here is a <laughs> welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. I did forget to tell you guys one thing, so I will give the next trivia question, but I did forget to tell you guys. Tomorrow I have a doctor's appointment at 1020, 1020 Texas time. So uh, if you guys could be in prayer for that, I would greatly appreciate it because I'm just praying uh, with everything I have that the doctor goes, okay, you don't have to wear this, that, or whatever, or you don't have to be a statue anymore. We'll see. Uh, but we got to do what the doctor says because I can tell you right now, uh, two surgeries is uh, too, too many. All right, let's go in for our trivia question. The last one's going to be a harder trivia question, so this one will be a little easier. What... What did Joshua command to stay still? Joshua said, stay still. What, 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 what was that command directed to? Okay. That's your opportunity to respond. You can simply respond by texting in 214-210-8483. Or you can also send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. So it is right here that I am going to ask Chris to help us out. I need you guys to go to the website, not because the website's brilliant, okay? 
because it's not brilliant, but because there is an avenue there to uh, see some encouraging video, see some encourage, or listen to some encouraging audio, check out a few things. Plus, it's a place to give, and if the Lord puts it on your heart, we could use the help. We're just letting you know that ahead of time. Please go to our website at he must increase dot org. Website, he must increase dot org, he must increase dot org. Email David at he must increase dot org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okay, dokey, artichokey, one of my favorite theological terms. And uh, we're going to do a little history. So our trivia question, what did Joshua command to stay still? So there's that. Uh, number two, don't forget to be praying for me tomorrow. Uh, number three, everybody should be appreciative to Noel for not, you know, throwing me outside the house. <laughs> I told her, I'm a terrible patient. Terrible. I am a terrible patient. <laughs> Just let you know. Uh, but we're going to go ahead and do our history sound, and then we're going to do history. So, Chris, let's go ahead and do our history sound. Let's go couple of cool ones today that I do think are worthwhile to point out. Just a couple. So don't get all upset or anything. By the way, today is Broadcast Traffic Professionals Day, which is people that uh, broadcast traffic for you so that you can know what's going on. People should appreciate that so you can always find out, hey, look, work's going to take an extra hour. Yay! Uh, it is Cookie Monster Day. That's right. Cookie Monster, you might have a problem with it. You might have a problem with the franchise. It's a cookie. It's a monster. It means it's a big cookie. I like it. Also, it's Plan Your Epitaph Day. For those that don't know, that's what you put on a little tombstone. Uh, my wife already knows what mine's going to say. I am going to have a spiritual one, but then my most common one is this. I told her I wasn't feeling well. <laughs> Come on, that's like the best one ever. Uh, in 1896, on this day, the first automobile insurance is sold. Actually, it was in Great Britain in 1896. First automobile insurance policy sold by general accident. <clears throat> you know, if you have an insurance company, I'm not sure calling it general accident is a great idea. They did, but I'm just saying I don't know that it's a great idea. Hi, welcome to general accident. Anyway, uh, and also on this day in 2000, the first uh, crew arrived at the International Space Station, for those that want to know. Okay? All right. Done with that. Done with that. And let's get back to our teaching. Uh, our trivia question, by the way, what did Joshua command uh, to stay still? If you think you know the answer, you can go ahead and text in at 214-210-8483, or you can uh, send an email, david at he must increase dot org. Here is 1 Samuel chapter 7, verse 2 and 3. Time went by until 20 years had passed since the ark had been taken to carry off Jerem. Then the whole household of Israel began to seek the Lord. Samuel told them, if you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, get rid of the foreign gods and the asterisks that are among you. Dedicate yourself to the Lord and worship him only. Then he will rescue you from the hand of the Philistines. In this text, uh, Samuel gives kind of an ABC, 
and I want to go through it because I just think it's worthwhile. I think uh, many, uh, many ministries and many uh, churches have unfortunately cheapened repentance, and I think I've cheapened it in my own life from time to time, and I'm hoping that I've never done that to you guys, and if I have, I apologize. When you are talking about repenting to the Lord, when you are talking about bringing something before the Lord, one of the things you've heard me say on a pretty regular basis all throughout the, the two, two plus years that we've been doing the show, or almost th- uh, three years, or two and a half years that we've been doing the show, or whatever it is, I can't even remember anymore. The bottom line is you should own it quickly, you should eat it quickly if the Lord confronts you. Okay? You should just own it. Don't try and fight it. Don't try and be so smart that you're going to try and talk your way around God. That never happens. Okay? Never works. Never does. Okay? But if you are going to come before the Lord and you're going to say, look, I did this wrong, he wants you to return to him in this, in this process with all of your heart. And I will just give you the easiest way to, for you to know whether you come to the Lord with all your heart or not in returning to him. Ready? You know, Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. That trust in the Lord with all your heart is the same turn to the Lord with all your heart. So when you're repenting or when you're returning or when you're acknowledging you've done wrong, do you do it with that same conviction that you know you need to operate with in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? That's just the, just straightforward. You can't get any more simplified than that. When we come, back, we come back to him and we've done something wrong and we're like, we're sorry, that was wrong, that was a bad thing to go about, I shouldn't have approached it that way, I shouldn't have said that, I shouldn't have done that, I shouldn't have thought that. Don't do that with your fingers crossed behind your back, with one foot still in the world, it's just not okay. You've got to come all the way in, because you see, God doesn't just see the outside, he sees the inside. And if we're holding something back, he sees that. And so what, what is told is Samuel tells the Israelites, if you're going to come back to the Lord, you come to him with all of your heart. And then he says this. He says, get rid of any foreign gods. Because usually our repentance is somehow connected some foreign god. And by foreign god, people think I'm talking about like some you know, big statue somewhere. No. A foreign god could be money. A foreign god can be the security that you're trying to set yourself up with in life apart from God's partnership. You understand? A foreign god is anything that is not God himself that steps in place and is like a God in your life. People have done this with children. Abraham did it with Isaac. People have done this with spouses. People have done this with, with uh, you know, adventures or, or you know, uh, taking on uh, great possibilities and, and trying to create great elements in their life, create projects, different things that are just the most important thing. The most important thing in the world to me is to build this house. Building this house will give me all the answers I've ever wanted. Or having this person in my life will give me every answer I've ever wanted. Having this in my life will do this. Having this and all of that, that's all foreign gods. Because it stands in between God and you. Anything Now, recognize that it's not a real God, but we treat it that way. Anything that gets in between us becomes our God. 
even if it's this uh, the the feeling of I need to have the security of this or I need to have the the lifting up or the encouragement of this, whatever it is. The Lord has every answer you need. You don't need anything else. And so he says, get rid of any foreign gods, okay? And then he says, dedicate yourself to the Lord and worship him only. That dedication means you take everything that you have, everything inside of you and everything that's outside of you, and you lay it at his feet, And you say, you're in charge. You're God. What Abraham had to do with Isaac was take, listen to this, so so powerful. He had to take the promise of God. Still believe God that the promise would take place and lay it down. And some of you got kids you've been praying for. And you're praying for those kids and there's nothing wrong with that. But you can't make the more important than God. So you take that struggle for your child, and you lay that child down on that altar, and you say, you are God. You, you do this. This is you. And I know that sounds like, oh, that just, Dave, that sounds terrible. How can you say that as a parent? I have to do it with one of my children on a regular basis. The other child I don't have to do it as much with. And then my third child, I just ask God every once in a while to knock him in the head with a dodgeball. But the idea behind this is pretty simple. It can't come between me and God. It can't be a person, can't be a concept, can't be a principle, can't be anything. But if I bring it before him and lay it at his feet, he will partner with me. And that's what I want. I want God helping me. Not me doing this without God. Okay? All right. All right, trivia time. i got to do trivia. Uh, the question is, what did uh, Joshua command to stay still? And the most direct answer is the sun was told to stand still. I'd like somebody to do me a favor because I can't look it up fast enough. Double check and see if the moon is also in that answer because I think it may be. But the sun for sure. All right, anyway, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. What is the David Spoon Experience? I got this this morning, and uh, and it came from Alice Coleman. And I just want to say, she said it's a praise report to share. So I am assuming it's okay to share since it's a praise report to share. I kind of go with it. And I want to read it, if that's okay. And I just want you to hear how brothers and sisters petition. I mean, petition the Lord. And there's times where God says, yes. Listen to this. And she even writes it. Uh, beautifully, beautiful job by Alice, by the way. This uh, may seem like a minor issue, but it could have gotten much worse quickly. I'm, fo- I'm fostering Mama Cat and her four kittens until they're ready to go to their forever homes. On Tuesday, I got a bit too close to the Mama Cat, and she swatted my hand. I had a few scratches, so I cleaned them up and applied antibiotics. In just a few hours, I had a swollen hand, red with infection, and it spread beyond my wrist. My doctor had same-day appointments if needed. However, I didn't have my car since it was being repaired. The only thing left was for me to pray for healing for my hand. Isn't that amazing that sometimes you're in the position and the, the, the only thing left to do is call upon God? 
She writes, as I watched the infection spread over my hand, my hand began to throb. I knew I needed help. I asked God for healing over and over again. On Wednesday, it looked really bad, and I kept asking God for healing. Let me just commend Alice for push, pushing until something happens. About mid-morning on Wednesday, my hand quit throbbing. Then I noticed that the infection was no longer spreading. Later Wednesday, the infection seemed to be getting smaller. By Wednesday evening, it was definitely clearing up. By bedtime, the infection was gone away. Thursday morning, the infection was completely gone. I praise God for healing the infection. It was only by his intervention that my hand was healed. It's amazing that our great and holy father can care so much that he is willing to heal a hand infection of one of his children. I think that's a fantastic testimony. So mega props, mega props to Alice for doing that. Great job. And I hope that was okay that I shared it. And see, the point is you can pray. You can approach the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He might say no. I like what Troy said. Sometimes God will say no. It's like that's the end of it. You're done. But sometimes he allows you to keep petitioning. And the reason he does is because the more you pursue him, the closer connected to him you become. And more of your genuine real faith has to emerge. See, if you just asked and God did it every time you just asked one time, it'd be like God would be like a genie. Well, God's not a genie. He's your heavenly father, needs to be pursued, wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. And so the more you pursue, the more he gets to spend time with you, which is what he wants in the first place, what he wanted with Adam and Eve. The David Spoon Experience. Sometimes Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Okay, got to have a little clarification on our last trivia question. So we asked, what did Joshua say to stand still? The answer is correct. When we said son, he said son, son, stand still over Gibeon. But he also said, and moon in the valley of Ajalon. So he did tell the sun and the moon to take a break. I don't know if he said watch a little TV or whatever, but that is the case. He spoke to both the sun and the moon. Now, we would know if he would say it to the sun. You know, that's okay. That'll pretty much stop it. But he said it to the sun and the moon. That's how that came about. Okay? Okay. All right? All right. All right. Okay. Got that squared away. Here is a difficult... Uh Uh-oh. I, I, he- I hesitate to do this because a lot less of you will answer, and I understand that, but you can't just keep everything at a certain level. You've got to kind of raise the game from time to time. Here is a difficult trivia question. So you're being told it is difficult, and I encourage you to search for this, especially in your concordance, just not through a Google search. That's all I'm asking, okay? Or DuckDuckGo or whatever those things are. Uh, question. What tribe is Paul, or was Paul from? What tribe was Paul from? I will tell you, you can find an answer in Philippians 3. What, look at that, Joanne and Cordelia didn't even, didn't even blink. Good job, ladies. All right, so what tribe was Paul from? You want to check that out? Oh, another person coming. Oh, but you guys are so smart. Oh, you're smarter than I was. Somebody would ask me that. I would have went, huh? All right. 
so we will get that to see if you can answer that question. If you can, you wanna you wanna text in two one four two one zero eight four eight three. That's two one four two one zero eight four eight three. Again, don't forget to be in prayer for me tomorrow, as we are hoping that we have good news because we want good news because good news is better than bad news. And on my knee, I need some good news. <laughs> That's all I'm telling you. Uh, and then my wife needs a break, so we really need it to be good news. Okay, want to get into this last portion of the text? Uh, Al coming through as well. Good job, bro. Everybody really, really doing an excellent job. Okay, uh, here we go. First Samuel chapter 10, verse 6. Take a deep breath. Get ready. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord will control you. You will prophesy with them, and you will be transformed into a different person. This is spoken to Saul when he was little in his own eyes and still kind of a good guy. Uh, here's, here's the simplicity of it all. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is going to control you. You will prophesy with them, and you will be transformed into a different person. What I want you to catch, okay... What I want you to catch is what the Holy Spirit does, the Spirit of the Lord, that's the Holy Spirit, people that try and separate them, just just walk away, you know, give them a candy and say, good luck, and then walk away. Uh, Spirit of the Lord will control you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be transformed into a different person. The Spirit of the Lord, the Holy Spirit that is in us, and that comes upon us. The Holy Spirit lives inside of you because you are born again. It is your spirit that has been born again with help from the Holy Spirit through the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit lives inside you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. He will never depart from you. However, you can quench his influence and you can grieve or make him sad depending on how you live your life. Those are just realities. People like, well, what are you trying to say, that I, I can quench it and cut down the flow? No, I'm not saying that. God is saying that. So when the Holy Spirit's in your life, active in your life, you don't have to get weird about the Holy Spirit. I'm a Baptist. So for those of you that are like in the Baptist realm, that are like, going, Holy Spirit, he said Holy Spirit. Yeah, you worship too. When you pray and sing the song, Holy, 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 it's to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, just so we can all be on the same page. When the Holy Spirit's on you, that is awesome that the Holy Spirit is in us, and it's awesome that the Holy Spirit is on us. And in this case, he says, to Saul, Samuel says to Saul, he will control you. He will lead you. He will influence you. He will guide you. He will direct you. But this is the part I want you to catch. He will transform you into a different person. That's the part that should get a little bit more attention. What do you mean the Holy Spirit's going to transform him into a different person? Well, see, here's the thing. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Father sends the Son. The Son doesn't send the Father. The Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit doesn't send the Father. It's called the order of procession. Jesus poured out the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit was poured out at Pentecost, and now the Holy Spirit is active in our lives. Unlike the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit is sweeping across all that believe. The the easiest way to say it is he comes over like a wave. That's why they have all those different terms for waves and movements and stuff like that. But when the Holy Spirit is active in your life, you become a different person. 
it's not it's not um it's not the end of the universe to, 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 to not do this perfectly. I don't think anybody ever has, except for Jesus. But there's this idea that, well, the Holy Spirit inspired the Word of God, so if you want the Holy Spirit, you just read the Bible. That means the third person of the Trinity is your Bible. That's the stupidest thing ever. And the people on Facebook that say that, just don't, don't respond. It's not worth the argument. The Holy Spirit inside of you testifying to everything that Jesus said and did, the Holy Spirit given to you as a gift from God through Jesus Christ, influencing your life will change you. And you keep thinking, well, this one area, man, I talk to people and I'll talk about besetting sin. And right away, there's one or two areas that pop up and they're like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, through your relationship with the Spirit, that's given to you in the name of Jesus Christ through the grace that comes from God the Father, that sin does not own you. And you can be a new person. Now, you can, you can not allow the influence of the Holy Spirit. You can grieve or quench the Holy Spirit and ignore that. But why? And so I've, I have run into a few people that are like, well, we're afraid because you know, maybe it's not the Lord that, that's doing that. Maybe it's some other spirit. If you, if you ask God to save you, only God can answer that question. Satan can't answer that question. There's nowhere in Scripture that gives you that validity. Satan cannot answer for God when you pray to God. And so if you ask God, give me more of your Holy Spirit, Satan doesn't get to reply any more than he gets to step in on your salvation. doesn't work. Satan doesn't get the answer for God. Now, if somebody's looking for something that's sinful, that's God's, you're not directing that to God. God won't respond to that. Okay? So those are two different things altogether. What I'm trying to tell you is that there's a transformation that takes place, and it's good. It's a good thing that there's a transformation that takes place. You want the Holy Spirit active in your life. In fact, the Scripture commands us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not sure how anybody can miss this, but it seems to me like we're not always filled. Some days are some days are better than others. <laughs> I think that's a fair. I think that's a fair statement as a Christian after 43 years. Some some walks, some days are just coming off a little better than the other ones. But this is the whole process of being born again and being new. You have to be afraid. Just ask God. Don't ask anybody else. Don't ask a person. Just. Talk to God the Father in the name of the Son, through the wisdom and the power of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus. We know that's true in John 14, 15, 16, and 17. Just ask God to direct you. Don't do anything weirdy weird. Just say, hey, I want more of your Holy Spirit in me so I can do a better job walking and being like Jesus. That's all. You don't have to make a big, don't make it a big production, but make it a sincere and honest pursuit. Okay? All right. Uh, I'm going to kind of close this one out earlier because we do have our last trivia. So I'm going to answer that. And by the way, you guys did so good. I know that sounds crazy, but a ton of people answered that last question. So I, that was really – I'm actually impressed because I, I didn't think a lot of people get it. The question was, what tribe is Paul from? And it's, it's, it's as specific as you can get, he's from the tribe of Benjamin. He's from a, 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 from the tribe of Benjamin. You get a lot of that definition in Philippians chapter 3. Here's the thing I want to tell you, so I want to encourage you with this, okay? All right. Regardless of this show or any show or anything that's going on, on television or anything that's going on in this country, regardless of the things that are swirling about around you, 
There is nothing that is happening that is shaking God. The Lord is not unaware. He's not caught off guard. He's not like, what? I didn't see this coming. None of that is true. Okay? God is at the center. He knows exactly what is taking place. In fact, the, the universe doesn't revolve around the earth. It revolves around the throne of God. And all you have to do when you're being um, attacked in regards to living fearfully is you've got to shift your focus from the circumstance to the Lord Jesus. I just want to, this is very specific for a couple people out there. When Peter got out of that boat and he was looking at Jesus, he walked on the water. As soon as he took his eyes off of Jesus and noticed, and that's, the scripture says, he became aware of the wind and the waves around him. He started to sink. Now Jesus was there and picked him up and pulled him up and saved him. But when he had his eyes focused on Jesus, he walked on the water. That is what you and I need to remember. Keep our eyes focused on the Lord. He's not afraid. Nothing is getting by him. Okay? All right. Love you guys. Keep praying for me. I'll keep praying for you. You've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Going to take a 22 and a half hour break. Then we'll come back. More Insanity with Spoonanity. Talk to you then. The views expressed on the preceding program were those of the speakers and not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.